snap back Martinez. He's going to look left, and down he goes. It's a Big Mac sack, and it's not a touchdown in Nebraska. He's not going to win a football game. Skeeter Burns, Buck Naked Barbecue Shots. want to thank our following sponsors, Dorothy Lynch and Sap Brothers. When you see that big coffee cup on the side of 80, you know what you need to do. You're listening to Big Red Football. I think it stinks. I really do. All right, so we're a little late on the pod this week uh, because Nicholas Allen Baugh had some travels that he had to attend to. He was calling the high-profile game again. Nick always gets the big-time games. He got Michigan State, Oakland. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Billis got a similar schedule, Doug. They do. Uh, You and Billis have a similar schedule. That's almost like uh, mine the other night. I had Charlotte App State. Who got the better end of that deal? I think I did, to be honest with you. You you had a nice call on the dagger from that was App State with the dagger, right? Yeah, it was App State with the dagger. And um, I (laughs) this is how my calls usually go. Like, I'm just a big. Well, I'll I'll play it for you here. Let me see if I can. uh, Can you can you play it again for me? Can you play it again for me? Here's how I uh, called the game winner for Adrian Delph there for App State. Here's how that went. Delph with five on the shot clock. Here's Gregory to Delph. Someone's got to shoot it. One, Delph. Um, well done. I mean, in all sincerity, that was nice, dog. I would love to have you on the calls with me. Maybe someday uh, we could do that. But um, I did what it, I've what we've had fun with. No, I did the Matt Davison. Yes! <laughs> what would that sound? Do you have the I capabilities did. of of if it was Matt and Matt on the call for Charlotte and App State? <laughs> It's Charlotte and App State. Matt Chick, Matt Davison, next on ESPN. Let's now I'm going to have to uh, hold on here. All right, let's hear how that uh, would have sounded here. If it's Matt and Matt on App State and uh, Charlotte on the game-winning call, Matt Davison with the color. Delph with five on the shot clock. Here's Gregory to Delph. Someone's got to shoot it. One, Delph. Yes! Oh, I would love to call a game with Matt. That'd be a lot of energy. That'd be a lot of excitement. A lot of yeses. There'd be a lot. You'd be the yes-men. You guys would be the yes-men crew. You work for the yes network. At some point, you guys have to move to the yes network in New York. <laughs> Gotta shoot it. One, down. Yes. Hey, <laughs> Davison and I on ESPNU. By the way, I did send out a tweet from the Chicken Nick account uh, on Twitter about what T-shirt would you like. Maybe we'll get a Yes shirt. I'm I think Yes that. would be great. I think Yes would be fantastic. But so yeah, so so yes, we are a little tardy to this uh, this Chicken Nick party, and it's all my fault. I had to get my my Michigan State yeah, game it's... right. You know, that's what I had to do. And yeah. I got to tell you real quick. Can I just be honest with you? Here it comes. Here. It comes. So for people who don't know. We're getting our Zoom game right here, and 
You are a big step down from who I last Zoomed with, my friend. Did you Zoom with Tom Izzo? Is that what you're going to say? I Zoomed so hard with Tom Izzo. That sounds awful. (laughs) And so he hops on. I got my producer. I got Lisa Byington and your boysenberry. And Lisa immediately goes, well, Nick, why don't you get things started? And I was like, okay. First quit. You know what it is? Like, lots of pressure. Like, I wanted to be like, when you're hedging ball screens on the right side of the floor, <laughs> do you prefer your hedgeman to ice the ball screen? You know, I wanted to have some, like, some sort of, like. Let you know, him know. Yeah, let him, let know, him like, know that wow. you know, that he knows that you know. Yeah, like, I wanted him to be like, tell you what. Huge analyst here. Huge analyst. I wanted him to immediately be like, you know, before I can even answer your question, will you be my top assistant? That's the kind of question I was going for. But instead, I felt like I kind of I kind of just devolved to Chris Farley's character when he talked to, like, Paul McCartney on Saturday Night Live. It was just like, you, you, remember, you remember when you had Mateen Cleaves? That was awesome. But it was good. It was go back to twenty years ago. Twenty years. You remember when? Yeah. It was. Uh, it was good though. You know, I, Coach Izzo and I are now uh, now tight. He never said my name once in a related story, but it's all good. You know. That's good. That's good. How close? How uh, long was that a game for? I didn't get to watch any of the it. The first half is a four point game at half. It was actually like decent, and then Michigan State cue up Bill Snyder for what happened in the second half to the Spartans <laughs> to. The Oakland Golden Grizzlies. What happened there, uh, Bill? I told him we just got our fannies waxed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. You boy, you boy, you know, they call me. I just, I broadcast top 10 teams. Now, they may not play other top 10 teams when they are on the court, you know, but Kansas, Creighton, Michigan State, you know, I even got to call the Missouri Tigers rising up the poles as we speak. <laughs> So, you know, I'm doing you, some good you are, You're equal opportunity. I mean, you've covered a lot of leagues. There's a lot of teams that you'll be able to pick for your tournament bracket. That's now. right. I mean, at this point, my final four is Michigan State, Kansas, Creighton, Missouri. And Oregon <laughs> and Seton Hall and Xavier and Bradley and Oakland. I'm going to take Oakland in the Sweet 16, even though they're 0-7. So I did a good, Doc. You know what I'm saying? It's good. You know, not all pump-up videos. You know, before the starting lineup or something like that, they play a pump-up video or whatever. You know, when you're at some horrendous programs it's like you know it's a bunch of highlights from like who was that what game was that from you know like right. kansas pump up it's like wilt chamberlain making a basket and danny manning winning a national championship you're like okay this is good <laughs> michigan state i mean you got like magic johnson dropping dimes dunking holding the trophy all that stuff you know you're like damn dog this is tight i got crunk during the during the pump up video were you so weak in the uh, in the legs that you got dead legs? Give it to me, Magic. Dead legs. I <laughs> yeah, almost. Would it have been lame? I had a tweet in my drafts before the game yesterday. I was going to tweet at Draymond Green and at Magic oh. Johnson and be like, I got oh. your squad today. Uh, you're in good hands with Allstate, a.k.a. me. <laughs> Tune in to FS1. Sincerely, Mark Nick Bar Jackson. Would that have been bad? You know, as I've always said, that's a that's a big matzo ball hanging out there. <laughs>
That's a big move, Georgie boy. Are you confident in the I love you return? 50-50. Because if you don't get that return, that's a pretty big matzo ball hanging out there. You get the I love you, and you don't get the I love you back. I mean, you saying the, hey, I'm calling your game, and no one cares that you've tweeted that out. Well, like, if, if Draymond and Magic don't respond, but the that's, upside, that's sad. It's a big matzo ball. I know them with that, but the upside far outweighs the downside to me. You get a response from Magic, like, this guy's sensational, or Draymond's like, I would love to kick this guy in the nuts. I'd be like, nice. <laughs> I, I, you get some sort of response from one of those two guys, the upside far far outweighs just getting crickets, you know. But I didn't do it. Instead, I was like, I'm on the call with Lisa Byington. Tips at noon. <laughs> Are those tweets lame? I feel like I always got to fire one up. Like, got a great one today. Roast beef steak and Panera bread. Tips at noon. <laughs> It is, it is one of those, like, okay, should you really be, like, does, do we need to know? I even felt bad Friday night. I tweeted out, hey, I'm in the, here's my here's my seat. I'm courtside where I'm in it. the nosebleeds 800 yards up, yep. you know, in an empty arena just yeah. to let people know. But I'm not a, I'm not a huge, hey, guess what we're doing here. But when you are, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> but when you are a, a, a you know, full-time color analyst, you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm fine with that. I gotta I'm pump it up when I can. You know, I I I always feel like it is my it's my duty to to tweet out something. But and I always am just like, get ready for an, a classic game, and it's like Creighton, Kennesaw State. You know, <laughs> you do what you got to do. Got to sell the game, right? Got to sell the game. You got to sell the game. Yeah. You gotta you gotta get people. Speaking of selling the game, what you got for me, Doug? Uh, I got this tweet. Before the game, because Husker Sports tweeted out today's view from the booth in Lincoln, presented by Lindsay Irrigation, <laughs> and it was a it was a pregame picture. Wow! As a sponsor that they sent out, and uh, Marcus tweeted us tweeted us. It goes even the pregame stadium photo is sponsored. It's truly remarkable. I love that. Like, if you're gonna go all the way, go all the way, and just don't don't go like. Yeah, let's let's we have eight. Let's let's get like eighty percent of the sponsorable elements. Let's not go all the no. Go all the way. I mean, I want everything. First quarter. I I wanted to get to where each down is sponsored. Why not? You could work it in, you know, because every time Greg Sharp starts first down and ten, you know, I mean, you could work it in every single time. Well, I don't know how many first downs you'd get. How but, dare um, you? They went over on the Gophers from third down. Your boy needs some new loafers. <laughs> we had some people tweeting saying, could your, this is from Ward, who tweets, can us listeners pool our money and get the pod to sponsor, say, turnovers? He goes, that Luke McCaffrey interception brought to you by the Chicken Nick podcast. I'm not happy, 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 happy about that. I'm not happy, 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 happy about that. We should look into this next year. How much would it take for this know. pod to sponsor a moment in there? Like we're not competing with them; we're we're one with them. We we love their broadcasts, and hopefully they love us. I think it'd be a great symbiotic relationship. And the pool of their audience is our, you know, our target audience too. This makes too much sense. What we are missing is a is the Schick and Nick podcast sponsoring something during the games. In a perfect world, it's it's a touchdown. And that touchdown brought to you by the Chicken Nick Podcast. I'm not happy about that. 
I'm not kicking up your bitch. Greg Sharp doing the Tyler McKinney is there. I'm not kicking up your bitch. You touch ya. I'm not happy, 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 happy about that. Could you imagine do Greg it, Sharp doing the I'm not happy? Because, listen, they get copy oh. and they got to read the copy, right? Well, it has to be approved. I mean, it's not like you can put anything in front of them and they have to sign off. No, the Ron but, Burgundy, they're reading anything on the prompter. Greg Sharp went to the Ron Burgundy School of Broadcast. If it's in the copy, he's reading it. Could we sponsor the oppo- every time there's an opposing touchdown, opposing team's touchdown? Yes. Do that. Do Minnesota, Muhammad Ibrahim, go. Yeah, snap back, hand, hand off Ibrahim, and it's a touchdown. Minnesota and that opposing touchdown brought to you by the Chicken Nick Podcast. I'm not happy, 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 happy. I'm not happy, 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 happy about that. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I, I sincerely enjoyed it was Creighton and Nebraska hoops on Friday night. And Tyler McKinney, like, tweeted out, like, legit analysis of the game. You know, like, got to get gotta get Mitch Ballock or, so, you know, something. And all the replies were like, would you say you're not happy about that? You know, like, Tyler McKinney can't ever say anything without the Schick and Nick army just doing, doing what they need to do. You know, he's got to be getting to where he's not happy about that. About that, I'm not happy about that. We've completely ruined it. It's amazing. And I feel, yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel bad about that. I'm not happy, 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 happy about that. I feel remorseful about that. He I'm not happy about that. He cannot tweet oh, so without at least one. I'm not happy about that reference. You know. Let me let me see here. So uh, Tyler McKinney, what's his Twitter handle? I don't know. Goggles, goggles back in the day. <laughs> goggles back in the day. <laughs> I don't think it's that's not that's not what it is. Back in the day, at goggles back it in is. the day. It's just at at Tyler's McKinney. Weird. Wow. How much? Someone's got at Tyler McKinney and. Okay, here it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this yeah. Okay. So let's see. Uh, Creighton tweet. This is a couple of days ago. Creighton tweet. Balak is one of the uh, one of my favorite players, but he is the missing piece. MZ is fine. Denzel has filled in nicely for TSA. Not sure what airport security has to do. Yeah, right. uh, issue, issue is that third score is Ballack last year. Has to hunt for his shots. Look for more good ones. Passing up way too many good looks. So, someone responds with, I'm happy, 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 happy about that. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> Let's see if you got any more because that was what I saw. Let's see if you got uh, any other. Yeah, Tyler yeah. says it was pretty cool to say I went four and zero against NU. Now it's weird to say you didn't. Hashtag Blue State, and then someone <laughs> responds with a picture of his shirt that says I'm not happy. I'm not happy, 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 happy about that. And and he must have uh, he tweeted during the second half when it was a blowout. Ho hum, and Joel. On Twitter responds with, would you say you are happy about that? I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. what's happening here? We ruined feel his bad. life. feel bad about that. I'm not happy about that. I feel bad about that. Uh, it's a touchdown. See, what do we what I'm do? I'm happy about that. <laughs> touchdown, Nebraska. I'm happy about that. Touchdown, Nebraska. I'm not happy about that. 
What do you even want to? Do we even want to talk about the game? Not really, but I want to get to uh, this. You could tell this season. We talked about it. How this season is just wearing on Davison, right? So, at the end of that, uh, in the fourth quarter, oh, no. you know, Nebraska, they're going to kick the field goal, but then there's a penalty on Minnesota, so they go and they get a touch. They get touchdown. Touchdown. Wait a minute, it's not a touchdown. I thought it was a touchdown. I hate when a touchdown is a teasing touchdown. Don't tease me with a touchdown. <laughs> this is what it sounded like uh, when it happened, because you'll be shocked to know it got brought back by a holding call. This is brought to you by the Husker Sports Radio Network. Here's the snap back to Adrian. He looks to run off the right side. He's to the 10, to the 5. He's in there. Touchdown, but there is a flag on the play. Martinez scores, but hang on. Might have a hold coming up here on Ethan Piper. Piper's looking back. Holding offense number 57. Oh, my goodness. Penalty, they're down. Greg, this does not look like a hold to me. I, I already saw one replay. I just don't get it. Oh, man. What a huge call with 5.15 left. Takes six points off the board for Nebraska. Terrific run by Adrian. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll see one more look here. I don't want to be complaining about the officials all the time, but. I don't. I don't understand. I don't. I do not see a hold there. It's terrible. Hey, man, that is a cat. He's that he's needs he's, some he's done. He's, he's done. done. He is. He's going to opt out of the Rutgers game. Yes. The, the chances of him participating in the Rutgers game low. That is the saddest I've ever heard him in my life. I think. Because sometimes you know they tell you in broadcasting project right project be loud. He's like just he's he's at the point where he's complaining to his friend at the end of the bar about the state of affairs. Greg, this does not look like a hold to me. <laughs> I mean, that's not even not even trying to yeah you you know trying to act it up, bring you know amp up the energy, sell it, whatever. That is just a guy that is like, listen, I'm just so over this right now. I'm just I am I am so sad right now. I just this I just can't deal with this, you know, this relationship anymore. Greg, this does not look like a hold to me. I can't. <laughs> you know what? I can't. It's, you know, you I, I, there's weeds everywhere here on the lawn. I, I can't. I can't handle this yard work anymore. Greg, this does not look like a hold to me. <laughs> Delivering horrible news and just yeah. Just in a, just the most unemotionally available way possible, you know? Could you imagine that? Car breaks down on the side of the road, calling your wife. I just, look, we're going to have to, we're going to have to find a way to pay for it. I'm probably going to have to get a second job. Greg, this does not look like a hold to me. <laughs> Honey, listen, I got, uh. I got laid off today. I just can't pay the rent anymore. Just can't do it. Greg, this does not look like a hold to me. This, uh, but there is a part of that soundbite that I think encapsulates everything. Everything with this game against Minnesota, the season, the Frost tenure. It's this line from Matt Davison. I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. That's it. I don't get it's it. It's all, all that. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like it's the hold, it's the this, it's the that, it's the inconsistency. I just don't get it. I mean, there's all of those things rolled into one. And I think and we're not gonna have a very long podcast today because it's a 
coming out a little bit later, and Nebraska plays. Nebraska plays a football game on Friday. Fr- Friday football game. Look, Friday touchdowns. Only better than Saturday touchdowns or Friday touchdowns. Ah, TGIFT. Thank God it's Friday touchdowns. <laughs> I don't think that's Friday touchdowns. T- TGIF. Touchdown goodness, it's Friday. I just don't get it. Oh, God. Well, I mean, yeah, we don't have to get too deep into, into Friday touchdowns. No. There were not a lot of Saturday touchdowns. Do you, I, can I keep it emoji 100 for 5.4 seconds here? Yeah, you can do it. I'll give you more time if you need it. I, sitting at the Detroit airport, waiting for my flight home yesterday, and I mean, airports are intense right now. Everybody's like, you know what I've learned from being, traveling a few times now during basketball season, during a pandemic? Is the traveling's not fun anymore? Traveling is no fun. Everything's closed. Everyone's just like, just getting everyone the stink eye, you know? And right. But what I've learned is people can suppress coughs and sneezes. Like, if you don't want to cough or sneeze, you don't have to cough or sneeze. I've learned that more. So, like, I've been on how many flights? Let's see. Two, two, four, six. I've been on six flights, <laughs> and I haven't heard one cough or sneeze on any flight. Really? Yeah. I really? think everybody's right. Because no one, I mean, your boy felt a, a sneeze coming, and you just do what you got to do to suppress that thing. But, yeah, you know, it's just. But I, I watched the game. Hold on a second. Hold on. You can't just move off of that, <laughs> off of that topic here. Um, oh, you want to get your, you want to queue up the best sneeze in the history of sneezes? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to have, you don't have any Jason Coles on those flights. Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. That would cause the biggest brawl and the biggest mass exodus on an on an airplane you've ever heard you've ever seen in your life. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Oh, yeah. What? Imagine the captain coming on and be like, this is your captain speaking. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. You'd hear a bunch of call lights. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> like, I would like to get on another flight ASAP here. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Whoa. <laughs> there is. Gosh, man. Just keep your COVID to yourself. <laughs> It didn't. I mean, um, Rona didn't begin in Wuhan. It began with Jason Cole, because whatever came out of his this sneeze created a pandemic. Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. This the pandemic, the COVID has been in the United States actually since 2011. Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. You, I mean, seriously, you're telling me that's not when the pandemic began? Give me a break. I don't buy it. I won't. I refuse to believe that this wasn't the origin of coronavirus. Excuse me. I'm sorry. That was Jason Cole from Yahoo Sports. Yes. Shuts out uh, who Jason sneezed, Cole. put the phone through his esophagus. Excuse me. I have a sneeze coming. Put it in his throat. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> sneezed right now. Wowzers, dude. But yeah, so my big takeaway from uh, not the Nebraska football game, but from air travel is, uh, you, you know, if you want to suppress your Jason Coles, you can that's the reality of the no, situation. You absolutely can. And I think that'll wrap it up here for yeah. our Shikinik Shit, podcast. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> I think uh what do you want to talk about? Bro? I think the I question wrote 10 look, pages I don't want to get into thoughts in... on the flight home for some reason. I just decided to open the laptop and just oh, wow. 
pour my heart and soul out. All right, give me give me your best right, you ready? minute, your okay. best minute on Nebraska. Not winning the football. Big red football. Big red football. I want your best minute, and I want to make sure there are seven hundred analogies here in this take about big red football. Oh, big red football. Okay. At some point, Nebraska has to start winning games. And I'm not saying they got to win the West or win 9, 10, 11 games next year. But let's not kid ourselves like streaming together four wins, five wins, two win seasons is good or something. We all agree Nebraska needs to be becoming a winning, a winning program again. And I've said this before, but for that to happen, Nebraska needs to start winning. We've somehow, Schick, we've somehow talked ourselves into a blueprint that typically isn't realistic or isn't sustainable. Teams don't usually go from four wins, five wins, two wins, three wins, four wins, consistent title contender, nine, 10, 11 wins, hanging banners. Like, there are steps you got to take. And somehow we've convinced ourselves that you can go from a big old gut to a six-pack without going from a two-pack to a four-pack to a six-pack. Or to use a golf analogy, we've somehow bought into this notion that it's realistic for a golfer to go from a 20 handicap shooting 95 and 100 to becoming a scratch golfer. Like, it it typically goes, okay, I'm shooting 95, now I'm shooting 88, now I'm shooting 83, now I'm shooting 80. Hey, I broke 80. I'm shooting 79, then I'm shooting 77, then I'm shooting 72, now I'm shooting 70. But we've somehow convinced ourselves that you can go from being the worst team in the division and winning two win- two games a year, three games, four wins, five wins, four wins, five wins. Now it's on, baby. It is consistent 10-win seasons. Move over, Ohio State. There's a new sheriff in town. Like, that's not a realistic scenario, or it's not sustainable. I'm not saying you can't have a... Have a uh, an outlier season, right? Like a season where you pop up and win 10 games. We've seen that, but I don't think anyone's interested in a moment in the, a flash in the pan. What they want is a winning program. And isn't it, do you see what I'm saying? Like somehow we've convinced ourselves like, hey, all that, right? you know, listen, it's fine. You, you can go from winning four games, five games, four games, three games, two games. And then it'll, then when it pops, baby, whoo, it's going to be, consistent title contender. That's not how this works. And so what's hard is I'm not sitting here wanting to, like, oh, you got to start winning 10 games. Like, you got to start taking some steps, just like the gut and out. Like, you want to get a six-pack? Well, okay, maybe start losing just a little bit of weight before you – you're not going to go from full-fledged Homer Simpson, you know, to Channing Tatum. And, like, I woke up. I went to bed. I was Homer Simpson. I woke up. I was Channing Tatum. Somehow Husker fans think that is going to happen with Husker football. It's like, it's all good, man. Maybe Homer Simpson now, but in a week we're going to be Channing Tatum. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. You know that. All right, sorry. That's just one snippet of what's going on in my brain on Delta Flight 7504 service from Detroit to Omaha. That analogy brought to you by Urban Active Fitness. Go (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, let me try and spin off your analogy there. If you want to one day beat Usain Bolt, you at least have to start beating those that only have one leg. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, perfect. But like, somehow, that's right, like what Husker Minnesota fans was. have convinced themselves that they can go from losing races at your local high V where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. You're listening to me. That somehow they've convinced themselves you can go from losing the race at high V with some person who's shopping for bananas to you're now going to go beat Usain Bolt tomorrow. That's not how this works. Like, you got to start seeing some incremental improvement. And that is the most maddening thing is you're not seeing that, but it's like there's this feeling like explaining it away like, well, next – I mean, listen, it's coming. It's, I mean, eventually it's going to be, you know – I mean, eventually you were talking about a 9-10 win, 11 win team that's just going to be a consistent perennial title contender. And it's like, what, what example can you give me of that where – Team went from terrible, 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 terrible. Title contender. Consistent title contender. Like, just doesn't really happen yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, people always play the UCF card, but even a few years before that 0-12 season, when he showed up, they were a 12-win season. I mean, they won a Fiesta Bowl. I mean, that – and. You know, that was not a, a program in shambles uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Look, um, yeah, I mean, we talk about that, like, even in, when we talk about NBA teams. Hey, you got to get – there are steps, right? There are steps. You don't just all of a sudden get to the playoffs and win an NBA championship. No, you get to – you win a few games, get through the first round, then you get to a conference final, then you get to an NBA final, then you win a championship. Those are the steps that you need to take. And – the problem with the Scott Frost era right now is you are waiting, still waiting for this team to consistently beat the bottom feeding teams, right. right? Or the teams that you are really supposed to be better than. You're still waiting for them to to beat Illinois in a game that you should win. Yes. To to beat Minnesota in a game where you have 30 more available players than they do. Those are the games like you're still on those baby steps, those initial few steps in this, you know, marathon. You're still on the first lap, right? You're still in the first mile or two and you go, man, this, we are so far away. Nebraska is so far away from getting to that point that you just haven't seen the signs that things are things are going to change. And I and I go to the question that I think was on everybody's mind. And your question is, which is. Dirk brings up the question, right? Yep. And it's a question that needs to be asked after the season so far. We'll see what happens against Rutgers. But the question is, can Scott Frost coach? And and I think those that question is still an unknown answer. I don't know. It's an unknown answer in that you know he knows how to coach but does he know how to coach to win games as a head coach when you don't have the best talent or you don't you're not an American Athletic Conference where you where one or two playmakers can really make a difference and set you apart from the rest of the league and you watch what you see on the field and you realize it's either not enough playmakers or not not good enough coaching. Right. It's one or the other right now. And I'm not sure what the answer is. And you could go up and down the roster and say, yeah, there's not enough this, not enough that. But there are game management aspects of this and, and, and open throws from the quarterback that you go, 
those are the things that you shouldn't have to worry about here in year three, but they are they are certainly right at the top of the list, and that's I, I don't I don't know what gets better with that. I don't. It's just I totally agree with all that, and it's just it, it's the main prevailing headline of this season and the moment is still the offense. And do you realize? I think this was in Sam McEwen's rewind. Nebraska, they still have one more game on Friday against Rutgers. But right now, they are trending towards having the the lowest yards per play average since the 2009 Nebraska offense. You know, they tell wow. you in radio to have a pause for, you know, dramatic fashion. Let me repeat that again and let's pause again. Do it again. Nebraska is trending towards having the lowest yards per play average since the 2009 offense. Not no, so. it's true. It's, <laughs> it's true. That was, but that's was well like, worth this it. is. This is supposed to be the identity of the pro. This is supposed to be like Frost thing. And so you wonder, like, you just you can't help but start to, you know, just kind of scratch your head and, and conjure up questions in your mind. Like, you know, has the, has the rest of the sport caught up to the Oregon offense? You know what I mean? Like, you still have to remember, like, when when just just, you know, seven, eight years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, the Oregon offense was still pretty, like, revolutionary right and it was like whoa 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 they're they're getting off you know they're they're playing they're no huddle they're getting on the line and snapping to me like has has the has the rest of the country kind of caught up to that but the it's like this the thing that is perplexing is we are now finishing up year three and the reality of the situation is this staff has not recruited or developed one single elite offensive weapon outside of Wandale Robinson. And in all reality, Wandale's good, but is Wandale like the greatest player in the history of the world? No. Think about yes. that. Oh, oh sorry. Yes. <laughs> he may go number one in the draft, but big whoop, right? Big whoop. <laughs> but seriously, we are three years in, and this staff has yet to recruit or develop one elite offensive weapon. Spare me any talk about Mills being anything else other than just okay. But you just go Greg Maurice Bell, Fine. Maurice Washington, Tompkins, Marvin Scott, Ramir Johnson, the wide receivers. I mean, it's a travesty. It is a travesty what's happened there. And then the quarterbacks, you know, you thought you had a baller there, but the quarterbacks have unequivocally regressed. Martinez has gotten worse. He had two good games here, but then he kind of he he kind of reverted to what he had been over the course of the last two years. Luke McCaffrey has major limitations. Again, this was supposed to be the identity of the program. And this is why I was very intrigued by McKenzie Milton. Now, Milton has since announced that he's going to be a, a grad transfer to Florida State, but the reality is you have to improve at quarterback. And the offense has to take a massive, giant step forward in improvement. And to do that, you got to get some real weapons offensively. You just do. 
And do you want one more terrible analogy as I'm going over like, man, I really wrote a lot here. This has to do with a lawn service. Yeah, yeah. You ready for this? So I started to get into like the, the I wrote down off season. Dot, dot, dot. And I was like, okay, well, what is this, this off season? I don't know what the answer is because it's a tough sell and it probably won't go over well with the fans if Nebraska just, quote, runs it back with the exact same people in the exact same positions doing the exact same thing. Tough sell, right? But I also don't like firing just for the sake of firing or changes just for the sake of changes. Like, I don't like the idea of making changes to somehow appease the crowd of people that want to see someone's head on a stake. You know what I mean? But at the same time, is just keeping everything the exact same the right move? I'm not totally sure. And what makes this situation really tough, and I'm going to say something that I was uncomfortable writing this by myself on an airplane, and I'm going to say it out loud. What makes this whole situation really tough, all of the issues are kind of what Frost is in charge of. That, that's, that's awkward, right? If we're writing down the major issues that ail this team. Now, I get you could say, well, Nick, he's the head coach. The buck stops with him with everything. But if you're writing down the major issues – it, it's all kind of things that you would probably say if you're delving out responsibilities. They're kind of frost responsibilities. So what I'm getting at is how do you make changes as, a, as the guy in charge when what is actually on your plate is what is holding you back? Like, it, it's almost like my terrible analogy is like, let's say I owned a lawn care service, okay? I'm the boss of this lawn care service, and I'm the, the manager of a crew. And in my crew, I got someone in charge of watering, someone in charge of mowing, someone in charge of edging, someone in charge of trimming the bushes. And my job was the mulch. My job is to get the mulch, spread the mulch. And at every single job site, every, everything was done and dealt with to an acceptable fashion. Watering, solid. Mowing, solid. Trimming bushes, edging, solid. And one thing that doesn't get done is the mulch. And because of that, we're losing money. We're losing jobs. We're failing. So what do I do as the boss and in that situation? We're the one area that is holding us back is the, is the area that I'm in charge of. Like, I realize that isn't a perfect example, and I'm talking for forever here, but, like, you get my point. The reality is all the biggest issues are kind of what Frost is kind of specifically in charge of. So how do you really make changes in that type of situation? I'm throwing it back to you. What I mean, what do you do there? Well, I would get uh, – I would I would invest in rock and make yeah. sure the rock is part of the, Turf. the landscaping Turf, bed. rock. Yes. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Cut all the bushes down. But, yeah, he might not be in charge or he might not – that might not be his responsibility, but he's giving it the once-over, walking around and, 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 and dictating, okay, I'd like this, okay, I like that, I like this, I like that, and they're still not getting uh, positive reviews. Um, I would say this. I think there are – the game management stuff, play calling, player development, recruiting – Offense, scoring, all of like, yeah, scoring, <laughs> scoring points, getting touchdowns. You could spot. make the argument that the one thing he is mo- he is most hands off of is the best part of this team, which is the defense. Yes, the defense. You can see the signs of this defense, 
And I know he knows both sides of the ball, but I don't know how hands-on he is on that side of the ball. It yep, seems I, like yes. a Chenander deal, right. and that's it. Right. So that's a further indictment of what is what is going on. Playmakers can cover over a multitude of issues. There might be bad play calls that are called at Ohio State, but you would never know. Right. You would never know because they're just bigger, faster, stronger. But when you're at Nebraska and you don't have those, everything else gets magnified, put under microscope, and go, wow, that third down and three call was atrocious given what we have at this program. So you either adapt to that or you need to get better talent. But the problem is, and I've got National Signing Day coming up on Wednesday, and we're going to be on the air noon to 2 Eastern on ESPN2, so I just want to get that out there. Nebraska is attempting to sign playmakers. Camonte Grimes out of Florida. Sean Hardy out of Georgia. Latrell Neville out of Texas, former Virginia Tech commit. Fedoni, who you know, the tight end out of Council Bluffs. They're trying to do that. But if the quarterback play does not improve, what do playmakers mean in that regard? And so there are, there are a lot of heads on this monster that you say, I'm not sure how much better it gets next year because I've said this is a five-year deal, a five-year plan. But at the same time, next year becomes a very important season for the program. And let me read to you the schedule for Nebraska next year. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be going to Dublin to take on Illinois amidst a pandemic. But then they've got the Buffalo Bulls, which right now are the highest-scoring team in America. Yikes. Uh, I don't know if Lance Leipold will still be the head coach at that time. They go to Oklahoma. Yikes. Brought to you by Yikes.com. Do you log, do you log on to Yikes.com, and does that direct you to the game cast yes. of that game? Stat. You get the stats for that game in real time. Go to Yikes.com. You get Yikes, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Yikes.com directs you to the live stats of Oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> um, they go then they go to Michigan State they host Ohio State you go to yikes.com on that one as well it'll take you where you need to get to now that is yikes.com backslash curse words <laughs> that takes you to Ohio State what the bleep dot net yep. um, they host Northwestern pseudo yikes.com they go they go to Purdue, which has been the site of disasters before. Disaster.net. They have an off week. Then they host Michigan. They host Iowa. This is weird. They, for what? some reason, host southeastern Louisiana yeah, on November that. 13th. I was like, you getting your SEC game right, brother? Getting your... And I guess they wanted... Look, they talked about joining the Big 12. They're going to the SEC. <laughs> this thing's going to get itchy. They want their cupcakes in November. They do. I think it's probably because they have Illinois opening up. But then they host Wisconsin, and then they go to Minnesota. Yikes. A lot of yikes. There's a lot of yikes.com that will take you uh, to that schedule. And so, you know, I hate to already spin forward to go, all right, well, what about that 2022 schedule? (laughs) Got my eyes set on Oklahoma again. All right, yikes.com. Right. It's hard to find... A lot of the problem is these 50 50 games typically do not go Nebraska's way because the coaching and in game coaching, there, there's a lot of being out coached. And so if you're out coached and you can't out talent, the problem, then you're going to lose. 
Yeah, it's a bad combination. <laughs> bad combination. So there's no doubt that there is concern, and I don't really have an answer to I guess it. That's, it's so uncomfortable. Like, I'm sitting there going, right. you know, because everyone, you know, I'm, I'm, I listen to Big Red Overreaction, and, you know, and all that, you know, but it's like, got to make some changes on stuff. It's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what, what, right. I want you to really sit down and be honest and, and, Really, what change on the staff is really the the answer? You know, like what what is that? I don't think there really is one other than well, you got to change something for the sake of change. And to me, I'm just like I get it because I get the tough sell of running it back with everything the same. But a part of me wonders after the Rutgers game if Scott Frost isn't best served to go up to the podium and say, "Listen, right now I need to be better." I need yeah. to be better. This isn't – I don't want anybody to point any finger other than a finger at me. The offense is my responsibility. The quarterbacks and recruiting and developing them are my responsibility. The ability to get weapons in positions where they can be explosive and make plays is my responsibility. The, the ability to score points, to not put so much pressure on our defense is my responsibility. So from now until next fall, I need to get better. Thank you. Tip your waiters. Good night. God bless. And which station made you a winner? <laughs> okay, I don't know if that's that not how, how he would leave the podium. Uh, if that's, but do you see if that's what he did. See what I'm saying? Though? Like, I almost feel like he yes. needs to he, – because I, in some ways, I think that's what I just said is all true. Yeah, you could say, well, okay, does Mario Verdusco need to get – do people need to take a look at him? Uh, maybe. I don't know. But I also feel like Frost has yeah. a hand in that. Ryan Held, maybe because of the running backs. But at the same time, you know, you hear that Ryan Held is like a super-duper recruiter, you know. You, you, you look at – the wide receivers are a guy you just hired in Matt Lubick, who's also your OC. Like, And then you go to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, <clears> what what guy is really on the chop – like, what guy be like, this guy, get him out of here. Yeah. Who? I don't really see yeah. anybody on that side of the ball that that is just ripe for getting you know getting fired. And and, and no, you can't. You're not gonna. I mean, if you're not changing the cook, the waiters aren't gonna make much of a difference. Right. right so right. So I think that's. So I I uh, I just feel like, in my opinion, any firing or staff changes would just be symbolic. More so right. than really tangibly, like okay, all right, here we go. This is now we're talking about something. I, that and that's just how I see it. But that's what makes yeah. this situation so awkward in terms of like of of readily available, obvious solutions that make you go, "Yep, this is what needs to happen." Like I don't know if there are a bunch of those things right now. There needs to be, you know, the, these coaches sometimes, even Brian Kelly. I mean, coaches that have been successful go into a year and say, okay, where do I need to get better? This is self-scouting, right? We always self-scout our teams and X's nose. What about self-scouting how I coach? Self-scouting. Like, if, if totally you are agree. saying, and he says this a lot, if you are getting to the podium and saying, we had a great week of practice, I can't explain what happened out there, there's an obvious disconnect between what is happening on the practice field and what is happening on the playing field. And that can't happen. You always, like when Bo Pelanian, they, they struggled against Texas that one time in 2010. I remember going to the podium and I asked him, did you see this in practice? Like, we had a good week in practice. Right. You know, right. we had a good week in practice. It's, 
these things happen. Just because you have a great week doesn't mean you're going to play well. Just because you have a bad week doesn't mean you're going to play poorly. But there's something that happens when they go in between the lines, and I don't know if it's a, you know, if it starts at the quarterback. I, I, I have no idea. But, you know, there is this kind of lethargy to the program that hate to even connect dots, but it's there's there's a lack of energy within the program that you you can't afford not to have energy when you're trying to fabricate something out of what you what's on the field. And and I don't know if that's because of just that's Scott's nature or just even keeled and all that. I I don't know. But there needs to be some inf- some infusion. Yeah. You know, Bo Pelini was not the greatest coach in the history of America, but the one thing he did do was get his team fired up, excited, sometimes too much. But his guys were engaged, right? His guys were locked in. And it just doesn't feel sometimes that, especially offensively, the guys, especially a quarterback, are just locked in and dialed in and, Again, all it takes is one guy from the neck up to just not be completely there and misfiring on a couple of passes or two. Then you're behind the chains, and then and then you're behind in the game. And so I don't know what the answer is. Just kind of speaking out loud here, but uh, this next year becomes uh, pretty important, and this Friday, frankly, becomes uh, important because here's the deal: when Noah Vedral left for Rutgers. You never would have thought that he was leaving for greener pastures. Right. right. And, and he would have a right quarterback year. Yes. Right now, Nebraska is. You look at the standings, you go through each team, you kind of get a feel, a picture in your mind. Nebraska's the worst team in the Big Ten. Oh, that's just hard to hear. Even though you're not wrong. Nebraska, it's just hard to hear. Nebraska's the worst team in the Big Ten. You could I could listen to an argument about Michigan and I will entertain that that argument. But in terms of track record, in terms of where they've been the last few years, in terms of how close they've been to achieving things, not saying I'd switch programs, but you can see trajectories. Penn State, Maryland, Maryland's getting better, and their recruiting class is going to be decent in the front seven. Rutgers, Michigan State, year one, they'll be all right eventually. Minnesota, saw what happened Saturday with 30 fewer players. Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, I'll entertain those conversations. But you've at least seen flashes of what they can be. Illinois dominated Nebraska. I mean, right. we're going head-to-head. Head, Nebraska's, so not unequivocally better in a, Nebraska's, Nebraska's not unequivocally in a better position than Illinois and Purdue right now. I don't know how anybody can say that. No. You know? No, I, no I mean, it's I'm not like, Indiana. oh, how could you say that? No, I mean, the, the, yeah. the conversation's there. And so you got a game against Rutgers this week. And if you walk off the field – with a loss to Rutgers when he's in year one in a program that went three and 21 in the previous two years. And they could have four wins by the time they walk off the field, four wins this year, walk off the field with you. And you're sitting there two and six. Oh boy. Not good. Oh boy. It's hard to defend your program in that spot. Yeah. Hard to defend. Speaking of hard to defend, it was hard to defend what happened with Florida and LSU the other night. There's going to be a lot of conjecture about, you know, the college football playoff and Ohio State, all this stuff. It's not worth talking about because if Ohio State wins, they're in. We could go through hypotheticals, but Alabama's going to win. Clemson, Notre Dame, they're probably both in unless Notre Dame wins that game. Then we can have conversations about one loss A&M, if you'd like, or undefeated Cincinnati, whatever. But Ohio State, if they win and Alabama win, this becomes a two-team, three-team race for that other spot 
You can even make the argument Clemson at two losses is in, but I doubt it. But anyway, I don't want to spend time on the playoff. I want to spend just two minutes on what happened with the shoe. And there were a lot of puns. A lot of them were good. LSU, I thought was a good one. <laughs> the agony of Decleat, I thought was a good one. But the call at the end of that game was one of the great moments in the history of officiating. And here's what it sounded like. After the play, unsportsmanlike conduct. Number 11 of the defense throwing the LSU player's shoe 20 yards down the field. Unsport- uh, just that's his first unsportsmanlike conduct foul of the game. Automatic first down. You could tell he was flummoxed um, there at the end. The the 20 yards on the LSU player's shoe 20 yards down the field. Now, if it had been two yards, would have been a warning. That's right. He's probably telling you how far it went because it was foggy and no one could see. It was 20 yards. I walked it off. It was the javelin. I walked that (laughs) off there. It was 20 yards, and that guy, that's a great shoe toss, but that toss, you're essentially throwing your college football playoff hopes 20 yards down the field because that's what they decided to do. But I've never seen an ending like that. I've never seen anything like that. But Ed Ogeron was asked after the game by a local reporter. You can tell we're part of the region uh, country he's from. He was asked about that. Just, just kind of to follow up on that question. Have you ever won a game because an opponent threw a shoe? Oh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been in a game where an opponent threw a shoe, to be honest with you. I think it was a great job by Stringfellow of loosening up that shoe before the play. <laughs> Did you see it when it happened? No, I did not. I just saw I just saw three flags on the ground and I was happy. Okay. The start his There's first answer lot. is so good. The first sentence. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever been in a game with a pulled it through the shoe. To be honest <laughs> with you. Are you now wait, are you being honest? Are you lying? Are you lying? I don't think I've ever been in a game with a pulled it through the shoe, to be honest with you. All right. Okay. I guess I'll take it your word. Right. This part. Right here. Just, just kind of to follow up on that question. Have you ever won a game because an opponent threw a shoe? <laughs> Could the answer to that question ever be, actually, yes. Oddly enough, I was a junior varsity coach in Los Angeles, and we did. We did. Don't know if there's video of it, but we did. I, I, love, I just love that he, he asked that question. I love absurdity delivered in sincerity you know like he answer he asks an absurd question in all sincerity oh yes yes question have you ever won a game because an opponent threw a shoe (laughs) (laughs) he sounds like the kind of guy that before we get out of here you could easily do a little i don't know oh i think i know what you're gonna do just kind of a follow-up on that question. Have you ever won a game because an opponent threw a shoe? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. That's a great question. Threw a shoe? I love this. <laughs> threw a shoe? Through a shoe. All right. Through a shoe.
Oh, that's great. So we're Oh, man. Well, yeah, there uh, we go. That's we, gonna we just it. about do it here. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We did it. I don't know. I got nothing David. else. Shouts out to Greg. Sharp. I got nothing else. Shouts out to Matty D. Good luck in uh, at Rutgers doing your time for that chicken wing. Go get a dub. You know what I'm saying, Doug? Maybe you don't lose a game because Noah Vedral threw a shoe. Threw a shoe. Don't let Noah Vedral throw a shoe. Throw a shoe. Because then Matt Davison will say, I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. Sick and Nick. Yes. Sick and Nick. Yes. Sick and Nick show. Yes. Here we go. Yes! 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 Yes!